You know that the Bible is the most powerful thing. Um, have you ever noticed that no one swears in the name of Buddha? Uh, no, no one says, oh Buddha, uh, no, because there's no power in the name of Buddha. Uh, there's no power in the name of Muhammad. Or, um, but one thing that is maybe the most powerful symbols that the Bible gives is the rainbow. Okay? Uh, over the years, it's just interesting that in the 80s, early 90s, it was the New Age movement who stole the rainbow. So, it, like, it, so all these into spiritual things, they used the rainbow as a, as a symbol for their thing. And it actually, it became so normal that even evangelical Christians didn't realize that the rainbow is a symbol from the Bible. So when Ulf Ekman started his church up in Sweden many years ago, there was a rainbow in the logo, and we said, oh, that's New Age. Okay? Now, the rainbow is not a symbol of pride as it is today, okay, for, for homosexuals. The rainbow is a, is a covenant sign that God is not going to flood the earth evermore. Amen? Amen? Which means that, uh, and it's very important we understand these things because uh, the rainbow is a sign of there is hope. The rainbow is a sign of there is a new beginning. Amen? And in, in the body of Christ, when you are a believer, there is always hope. Okay? If that hope is going to be reality, it's up to you and I. Do you understand that? You know that God gives each one of us a potential, but it's not God's responsibility for you and I to get into that potential. Amen? And, uh, and I... I was just, uh, this morning I was just uh, thinking and, uh, and the Holy Spirit said to me that each one of you, at this day, you know enough to conquer every situation. You know enough to take that promised land that God has for you individually. You know, you don't need to read another book. You don't need to do this, that, and the other. You already have it. But because of many of us, because of the society we live in, the culture we've been brought up in, we believe that knowledge is equal to power. Okay? But, uh, you know, like, so someone will say, I believe in healing. That's good. That's a good beginning. But we don't pray for anyone who's sick. Okay? Which means you don't really believe in healing. What, what we're saying is that we agree that the Bible talks about healing, but be, what we believe is what we do. Amen? And it's very important we, we understand this, that Christianity is not a, a Greek philosophy. It's a Hebrew religion or Hebrew belief. But because of we all are used to it, so we think it's all right, I have the knowledge, but I don't need to do it. But the Bible talks about that if you don't do what you believe, you might as well not know it. Amen? And it's very, very important we understand this thing because of you can have all the knowledge in the world, but never achieve what your knowledge could actually bring you if we don't act. Do you know what? And, and, and many of times we, 
we use words that I, I need to be sure, I need to be safe, but really it's a cover of fear. You know, fear comes in many, many kinds of uh, disgu disguises. It's like, oh, I'm responsible. Did you know, I don't know if you know, when you save money, you lose money. Did you know that? Every time you put money into a savings account, you lose money. How? I was just looking today, I think the highest interest rate you can get on a savings account is, in UK, is about something like uh, 4%, but then you're not allowed to touch the money for a long time, okay? Do you know that the inflation rate in England is minimum 2% every year? Okay, and, and, and the reason for what, but the Bible never talked about saving, did you know that? The Bible talks about investing. Amen? But do you know what the difference is from saving and investing? Courage. Amen? Do you know what the difference is from knowing what the Bible say and doing what the Bible say? Courage. Amen? You know, but you, you and I, we need to approach a, a way of Christianity that when I'm reading it, I should do it. Amen. Do you understand? It's very important we do that because if you, if you don't do what you know, it becomes a curse to you in the sense of it brings frustration. You know this is what the Bible says, but because I'm used to not doing it, it just piles up on the inside of you and the Word of God is not supposed to be just in you, it's also supposed to come out of you. You know, you know the famous images that uh, in, uh, in Israel there's two lakes, Genesweth and the Dead Sea, okay? And the difference is that from the, uh, the, uh, the lake of Genesweth there is an outflow, okay? And there is a very rich uh, fishing life in that lake because there is an outflow. The Dead Sea, there is only an inflow. And many, many of us, we can end up becoming like the Dead Sea. We have a lot of knowledge. And what happens in our environment is that instead of being a blessing to our environment, we become a pain. Have you ever tried to put too much salt on food? No, you're Filipino. You can't do that. <laughs> you love salt. Okay. I, I remember when I was a student and I dropped the salt thing in the, in the food. But because I was a student... I had to eat it, because it, if I didn't eat it, it was, the, it was the worst thing I ever tasted. So much salt, okay? And do you know that many of us as believers, we are like that to our environment. Why? Because we don't do what we say. We don't do what we believe, but we, because we believe that when I'm a believer, it's enough that I know. I know what the Bible says. That's a good beginning, but also what I know I need to do. Okay, And many of times we don't do that because of fear. We don't call it fear because, we, you know, of course, as a Christian, I'm not supposed to be afraid. The same thing as Christians, we're not supposed to gossip. Did you know that? We don't gossip, we share. So that we can pray for one another. If you really want to know important things, go to a prayer meeting. Amen. I never understood why prayer meetings are so unpopular. That's the most exciting meeting of all the meetings. Why? Because you get a lot of knowledge. Amen. 
No, you didn't know that. Oh, I, I, most pastors will struggle to get the, the people to prayer meetings, but I'm telling you, that's where you really find out what's happening. And he did it. Oh, he did? Oh. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gossiping. I'm, it's just so that you can pray for it. Yeah, of course I will pray for it. Okay? You know, I'm telling you, I heard all sorts of crazy things in these things. But the thing is that we need to come to a place where we eradicate this thing that holds us back because there is something inside of us that obviously must hold us back since we don't do what we know. <clears throat> do you know that we have a generation now, this time now, are the most blessed people in terms of access to what God has to say. When I was a young believer, do you know, if you want to watch Christian TV, uh, at that time there was something called a super channel or something like that, and you have to wake up 2 o'clock in the morning for an hour's TV. Okay, and it was limited what you could watch because you were so tired. But, but and... If you, if you want to buy, you know, you know, if you want to have a Christian book about a subject, you have to wait at least a month before they send it to you. Now, all of us, we have access, instant access to any information, you know, you name it, a Christian subject, and there will be at least 20 good books about that subject, which you can get hold of like that. Okay? But the thing is that too much knowledge sometimes can be a deceptive thing because we're thinking the more I know, the more likely I am to receive. But not necessarily. Because there's one thing that the Bible talks about that we need is courage. And do you know now, courage is not something that, that comes as a charisma or a gift. I realize that courage is birthed out of your character. Or by you knowing who you are. It's interesting that with John the Baptist, when he was baptizing, you know that's why he was called John the Baptist. Amen. Do you know, I always thought it's quite interesting. John the Baptist, he went to the desert to baptize. That's fate. <laughs> Amen. No, he was at River Jordan. But anyway, but the interesting thing that the question we had to John the Baptist was, what? Do you say about yourself? Amen? What do you say about yourself? No, what, what it's referring to is, what do you say about yourself? It, it, you know, because many people, what, you know, have you noticed, what people say about you is not always who you are. Why? Because they don't know the full story. They only see the pretending person that you are. Do you know we all pretend once we go out of our house? Do you know that? Everyone does. And I'm glad you do. Because if you argued all the way to church, I'm glad you're pretending now. Amen. You never argued. It's only... That's why Yen and I, we drive different cars. Then we can't argue. You can't argue on text, can you? And I'm not allowed to text on a, in a car. Amen. Or uh, some of you say, Army, you need to learn to drive. Now! <laughs> So you can drive your own car to church. No, but you understand that, that there is something that we need to change in us so that we can have the courage to, reach, uh, to do what we already know. Okay, so they said to John the Baptist, Who, what do you say about yourself? 
Now, other people said whether he's Elijah, uh, they said all sorts of things about him, but they said, what do you say about yourself? Who do you say that you are? Amen? And do you know what? It's very important that what Jesus says about us, we take ownership of it and that it becomes our identity. That not what, just what Jesus says about us, but also what I say about me. Amen? It's, it, you know, it's, it's very important. If you want to settle, you know, if you want to come into the promised land, it's very, very important that you now realize that I am what Jesus says. That you take on that new identity because it's through that identity courage comes. Amen? It's really, really important you get hold of this thing. Do you know that the first, the, first, the first thing that God said to Joshua, now the first time I read it, I was always a bit bemused about it. Just God says to Joshua, Joshua, you have been serving Moses all your life as a servant. Okay, meaning he was with him 24-7. And then the first thing God says to Joshua, by the way, Joshua, Moses is dead. No, like if he didn't know. Can you imagine? This is the guy who is going to be the captain of Israel, the leader of the, the tribes, and he has to be told Moses is dead. You would think maybe he's not the right guy if he has to be told something so obvious. But God was not referring to the physical death. He was referring to Joshua, now when Moses is dead, now you're no longer a slave. Amen. You're no longer a servant because you cannot have the servant attitude and at the same time being a leader. You can't. You can't be a slave and a king. You can't be a child and a king. The Bible actually says that one of, you know, do you know one of the ways God judges nations? It's not by sending famine. It's not by starvation. He makes a child a king. Do you understand? No, if you don't understand, just look at North Korea. Okay? It's just crazy, you know. I always wondered who came up with that hairstyle of his. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was funny when him and Donald Trump was together. <laughs> that was not good advertising for any hairdresser. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so, 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 we, so the thing is that we, we, we need to do the same as what happened to Joshua. But you know that you are not... A slave, you, it's so important that when you become a new creation, that you realize that I'm not a sinner. I'm not a slave. And there's a lot of things religion has brought into my Christian life that makes me still act like a slave. And I believe this is what we call worship or praise. Do you understand? Do you know, but how many of us have ever said, oh Jesus, I just want to serve you. Yeah, but we all said that we think this is really, really holy. But I'm telling you, this is Old Testament. Jesus did not save you. Jesus did not die for you for the purpose of you serving him. Amen? Hopefully not. Do you understand? You know, but Jesus, he died for you so that the relationship 
between man and God could be restored. Not so that God, man could once again work for God. That was not the purpose of the death. Do you understand? It was that you and I could be elevated into relationship with the living God. Not so that you and I could serve the living God. That was not the purpose of the, the death. The purpose was that now you could be in relationship. And that relationship does not build on that you should serve him. No. That relationship builds on that you can be with him. Amen. You know, you and I as believers, we don't serve him, so to speak, as, as employers, as slaves, because we don't need to please him anymore. He's already pleased with you and I because of the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen? And it's very vital we, we get these things because of worship is to recognize who he is and what he has done for you. Worship, you know, when we're singing and, and praising, that's an expression that must come out of our hearts. Do you understand? Real worship, the real praise is found in your heart. It's not found in the song that you sing. Amen? No, if God wanted you to be saved, to serve, what's the purpose of the angels? The little fat ones, you know. No, the, the angels are there to serve. We are there to fellowship. Amen? Amen? Amen. We are there to fellowship. Kate doesn't wake up every morning. Jerry, Dad, Almighty. My belo your beloved daughter just wants you to know I just want to serve you. In Jerry's name. <laughs> and then Jerry thinks at a weak moment, Get my slippers. I mean, get them yourself. <laughs> no, no, no one behaves like that. Hopefully. <laughs> do you understand? But this is what we do as believers. Do you understand? And, and, and what happens with that kind of behavior is that it keeps us trapped or keeps us in some kind of a limbo where we are. We know we are new creations, but, but we, are, we also want to serve. We are, all, we are also supposed to serve. So we are caught in the middle. And do you know when you're caught in the middle, it's the worst place to be. Why? Because you get nothing. That's why Jesus said in the book of uh, Revelation uh, to the church of Laodicea, he says to them that I wish against you where you are neither warm or cold. You are lukewarm. Okay? Do you know why that's the trouble? Because if we are lukewarm, Jesus doesn't have a word for us. Amen? You know, when you are cold, he says, what? Repent and receive salvation. If you are warm, he says, there's more to gain. Okay? So, so, so John the Baptist, he, said, he answered them and he said, I am a voice. He didn't say, I am Elijah, I am the apostle, I am the pope, or I am a headless chicken. No, that was prophesying because he became, no, he lost his head later on. If you don't know who John the Baptist is, he's the one with the head under his arm when he gets to heaven. Look me in the eyes, okay. <laughs> Do you understand? I don't know, maybe that will be restored, okay. Can you imagine if you've been used to running out with the head under your arm, and when you meet Jesus, then whoop, that's a whole new perspective now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so he said, I am a voice. What did he do? He made him one with what God said that he was. 
So when someone asks you, what do you say about yourself, you need to come to a place where you realize, I am more than a conqueror. Not, not in your head. Many, most people I know, they have it just in their head. They can rattle it all off. But in their identity, they don't have it. Because when they really come under pressure, they fall back into, Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm just a little worm. Show me a little bit of grace. Just a little bit. A little, just a crumb from the table. Okay? We think, you know, this is what we do when we come under pressure. But when we're not under pressure, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. But it's who you really are is coming out when you're under pressure. Amen? And that's why that when you're under pressure, that's not to destroy you, that is to develop you. Because it's only under pressure you can develop. Amen? You know what they say, that when astronauts are in space, that one of the problems they have when they come back to Earth is their bones get weak. Because there's no gravity, so they don't use their muscles and their bones. So, so one of the challenges is for them not to break their legs when they come to Earth. Okay? And the same thing with you and I, that we can only develop under pressure. And, when, and, do, you know what, and do you know what the devil did? He knew that. So what did he do? He said, when everything is fine, you are blessed. Amen. I'm so blessed. And they say, oh yeah, that's great. They become weaker day by day because there's no pressure. And they think we're blessed. No, we belong in the pressure cooker. Amen? Why? Because we said we want to go from glory to glory. Amen? Or oh, you don't want to that anymore. I want to be deceived now. <laughs> no, but the devil have told us as long as everything is nice and peaceful, we are blessed. The neighbors don't argue with you. The cat don't jump on you. The, the neighbor's dog don't do their business in your garden. And, and all these things, oh, none of these things happen. So I'm blessed. No, we be, we, that's not where we belong. We belong where there is pressure. Why? Because it's pressure that develops us. Amen. Do you know, you know, you know an airplane can only take off in headwind. They use the headwind, the, the resistance to lift, to take off. Okay? And the same thing you and I, but we're but we, we thinking every time we are in under pressure, and that's why we're trying to avoid it, we're thinking, oh, this is, we, this, we, this is the devil, and because our flesh wants comfort. And the problem is because our flesh can only respond to the natural, you know, the peace that you and I should have should not be f come from the natural, it should come from our spirit. That's why Jesus, he could sleep in any circumstance. Amen. But, uh, you know, I, I, any, he was not, because the peace did not come from the circumstances, the peace came from he knew who he is. Amen. If you are more than a conqueror, so this thing that's facing you, obviously, that would be conquered. So why are you worried? Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, no. If you're more than a conqueror, why is you worried about the thing in front of you? Amen. Amen. Because you are a conqueror. 
Okay, if you turn to Joshua, let me see, Joshua chapter 3, yeah. Now you have to understand that you, I can only take it a little bit here because we can't go through the whole book of Joshua. And, uh, but it starts in verse 1 here, it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning. You know, this is a good characteristic. Do you know what? God finds it hard to bless lazy people. I didn't say that God don't want to, but God finds it hard to bless lazy people. Okay? You know, but it's, you know, it's interesting. Every time someone has spoken, uh, had heard from God in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, it very often says, the next thing, the response is, early in the morning they lift. Early in the morning they lift. Early in the morning they lift. Why? What, what does it say? What does that indicate? It indicates the importance they put on the word that they have heard. Do you know how I know when people say, I heard from God, and, and I know that's not God? Do you know how I know? Because they do nothing. They just like to say, I heard from God. But they do nothing. And that's not God. Because if you really have heard from God, you will wake up early in the morning to respond to it. I meet, uh, every day I hear many people tell me, God told me this and God told me that. And you know what? God never told them. They just like to say God told them because they want to sound that they are spiritual. But God never told them. I don't care what they say told me, because they don't do anything. Oh, God told me to go to India, so what are, you, what are you doing here? What do you mean? I'm in Bradford. I'm in India. <laughs> Amen. So when I, people ask me, what, what do you do? I'm a missionary in Pakistan. Amen. I met a missionary, and his job was to um, plant churches in the north of India. So I said to him, you're in the wrong place. North of India is Bradford. Amen. <laughs> it is. So when you say, do you, live in, uh, do you live in the UK? No, I live in North India. Amen. No, they didn't want to say. Okay, so early in the morning. Do you know that it's very easy. Don't be fooled by people who keep saying to you, God told me this and God told me that and God showed me this and God told me that. And they just slip the same. It's never God. It's never God. Amen? It's never God. If God has, if you really believe that it was God who has spoken to you, you wouldn't have this laid back attitude. Oh, yeah, let me see. I will pray about it. Come on! You know, if God has said something to you, you will wake up early in the morning. Amen? But before God could say that to Joshua, he had to let go of the slave mentality. Okay? Because God does not communicate with slaves. Kings do not communicate with slaves. Okay? So, uh, and just rose early in the morning, and they removed from, as uh, so they removed, and, and so in verse 2, and it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Do you know, this is one of the keys that is so important. The presence of God. Okay? It's not enough you have the knowledge of God. You also need to have the presence of God. There are so many people who can quote the word, but they don't have the presence. And do you know why we need the presence of God? Because the Bible says the letter kills, 
but with spirit brings life. If you use the word without you have the presence to back it up and this is the time, I'm telling you, the words you're saying will kill instead of bringing life. You can, and what you, the word by word, it might be right, but you need to have the presence. Do you know that one, in one place, place, Jesus says, unless you leave your father and mother, you're not worthy of me. He says that in one place. And then in another place he says, if you can't take care of your own, you're worse than the Gentiles. Now, without the presence of God, you don't know which one to apply. And that, do you know what happens without the presence of God? We apply what is the most convenient for us. And very often when we do that, we go wrong. Okay? So, they, so, so the people of Israel said, before we go in and take the promise land, they say, when you seek the Ark of the Covenant, which is an image of Jesus, when you start seeing him moving, you move. I heard an old preacher when I was young. He used to say this to us. When the Holy Spirit moves, you run. If you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, you fall. You have to do something. Okay? And so, so do you know what the first thing that these people in the, in the camp did? The Israelites did? Every day, they kept looking at the ark. Because they had to see if the ark is moving. Can you imagine? It would be terrible. Oh, I had a long night. I'm sleeping in. And then they slept in. And then we woke up. And that's the only tent in the desert. Because the ark had moved on. Amen. No, so they, so they focused on the ark. Do you know, in the new covenant, what does it say? We should focus our eyes on Jesus. Amen. You know, it's, you know, like if you, when you read the word of God, you have to read it through the eyes of Jesus. Okay? Through the eyes of redemption. Not the eyes, but many Christians, they read the Bible through the eyes of condemnation. Okay? Either they condemn others or they condemn themselves. No. We read the Bible in, through the eyes of redemption. Amen? You know, like for example, one thing, so many, many Christians will love to pray. Because we think it's biblical, because we can quote the Bible. Take not your Holy Spirit away from me. It sounds, uh, it sounds really good. And I'm quoting the greatest king Israel had, King David. Now you have to understand, King David could pray that prayer. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had not just arrived. At that time, the Holy Spirit came upon the office of the king and the office of the prophet. Okay? That's Old Testament. New Testament. The Holy Spirit don't first and foremost comes upon you. The first and foremost thing the Holy Spirit does in the New Testament, it comes in you. Amen? But so many Christians are about, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me, Jesus. I pray like King David. I'm really, really good boy. Bless me. Okay? No! He's in you! And what has he said? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? So what do you believe most? Yeah, but I feel. Who cares about what you feel? I meet a lot of people who feel crazy things. Okay? You, you eat five ice creams, you feel something else. Amen? No, he's in you. 
And he will never forleave you, nor forsake you. You know, that's why that the Bible talks about that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can make the Holy Spirit sad. Do you know that in the Old Testament, he just left. Amen. In the New Testament, you are his house. Amen. And some of you, you gave him a balcony too. <laughs> a mansion. <laughs> Amen. I told you Christmas, a man without a belly is like a house without balcony. Amen. 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 <laughs> I can see some of you have done some construction work lately. <laughs> okay. But the thing is that we, they, 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 they kept, their whole, their life was focused on, their life started, everyday life started with, where is the ark? Our life should start, Jesus, I focus on you. Before I go to work, Jesus. Before you start your studies, Jesus. Before you do anything, Jesus. Before you read the Bible, Jesus. Amen? I'm telling you, if you have a Jesus to help you reading your Bible, you will find even Leviticus exciting. Amen? Oh, the book of Revelation gives meaning. Do you know why you should read the book of Revelation? Yeah, but I don't understand it. It doesn't matter what you understand. The Bible, this is the only book that promised that when you're reading it, you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. So I read the Bible, the, the book of Revelation. Do you understand it? No. Why do you read it? Because he said I will be blessed. Amen. Amen. You, 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 you would be fools not to do it. But the thing is, our culture say, no, you need to read to understand. No, you need to read to grow. Amen. Amen? Do you understand every process of the food that you eat? If you did, you wouldn't need it. Amen? You would never go to McDonald's. You will never buy a takeaway again. If you understood the process. Okay? Anyway, so... So, verse 4, yet there shall be a space between you and a bit, about two between, and so on, and so on. So, 5, and just was said unto the people, sanctify yourself, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Do you know what? This is a key verse. He says, just says, sanctify yourself today. For because tomorrow he will do wonders. He didn't say, sanctify yourself today because this afternoon he's going to do wonders. No, he says, sanctify yourself for tomorrow God will do wonders amongst you. Amen? Do you know what it is? It's a strategic way of thinking he's implementing. What is that? That I do something today so that I can reap the benefit of it tomorrow. Amen? But our culture teaches us, do something today so that you can reap the benefit of it today and pay the price tomorrow. How do I know? We call it credit card. Amen. Oh, my God. We increased your credit limit. Oh, wow, this is wonderful. Now I can go out and spend even more, you think. No, now you can pay even more to the bank. Okay? No. So... He doesn't say, sanctify yourself today. So it's very important that, you know, that many of us, we're thinking, when God speaks to me, then I will do it. No. 
When I start preparing, then God will, will respond to that preparation. Amen? When, when, when you do your preparation, then God will respond. But many of us, I'm waiting for Jesus. When he says, I will start doing it. No. He, he will start speaking to you when he starts seeing you. Okay? The late Smith Wigglesworth, he said it like this. He said, if God doesn't move, I move him. Okay? Do you know the, pro- you know, the problem with young people today, not just today, also when I was young, there was many of my friends, they thought when they were young, oh, oh I need to do everything. Try everything. Be everything. And, you know, no one can do that. But... So, but every, everyone fought it. And do you, know, do you know what suffered of it? Their education. I need to have a good time. I need to go to every party that is available. I need to do everything because I'm young. Do you know what? You use your youth, use the strength of your youth to build a strong foundation because life carries on after 30. And do you know what? It's far more fun to be able to buy your own toys for your own money than the toys your parents can buy for you. I'm telling you, that's far more fun. Okay? You know, but, 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 but because of... So, so many young people, they're wasting their youth. They, they, they're wasting their most productive years because in the name of fun. Okay? No. When you are young, you have the energy to work hard, study hard. Burn the mid now. You have that as a young person. You don't have that when you get older. And that's where you lay the foundation. And it only becomes real fun when you start making real money. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm, I saw this guy away in Miami. Uh, he was maybe 30, maximum 30. And he came in this big, yes, yes, some of you have seen a picture of that Ferrari. 30 years old. Ooh. Okay, and he was done well, but you know what? He, he didn't spend his youth on having a good time. He spent his youth to build a strong foundation. Okay? You know, I know that doesn't sound easy, but I'm telling you, I've seen so many people who, feel, who are so cool when they're 18, and do you know what? When you see them when they're 30, 40, and 50, you are so happy you're not like them. I'm telling you, I, when, when, I, when I went to a reunion party with my old school friends, I'm telling you, all these guys who were cool when we were 16, 17, now they were not cool, they were bulky. <laughs> okay? And they were so bulky, they need to be in the cool because it was too hot for them. Okay? You know how. It's, it's no, and I'm telling you, it's, 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 young, the greatest gift as a young person is your strength and your energy. Okay? But don't waste it. Don't let the culture tell you, just waste it on parties, having a good time, and, you know, be popular amongst people you're not going to see next year, the rest of your life anymore. Okay? Don't do that. Spend your time building a foundation. Okay? I'm telling you, so many, many, so the world today is full of young people who wasted that talent, their potential. Not because we were stupid, not because we were less intelligent, but they had to try everything. I have to be cool amongst those people I'm never going to see again. Okay? 
Yeah, but I see them on Facebook. Everyone lies on Facebook. So when you see them, just lie to them on Facebook. Everyone lies on Facebook. I'm telling you. I have walked past people I'm friends with on Facebook. I recognize them on Facebook when I saw them in real life. I walked straight past them. <laughs> Why? Because we all look amazing on Facebook. We all happy on Facebook. Amen. We all eat on Facebook. <laughs> Have you noticed that every time you go to a restaurant now? Ah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, I watched, you know, in Denmark, they really go over the top with food. You know, there's these famous restaurants in Copenhagen, and the, the food is not food. Do you understand? It's like art, work of art. So, so there was this this uh, dish that uh, this chef you know, they went down to the beach, found the specific leaves that were so small, and then they had to put nearly 50 of these leaves on this little thing, on this big plate, and it looked really beautiful. And it was, you know, this English uh, journalist, Chef Rick Stein. I love him, you know. <laughs> so he was sitting there, and when he took his fork and his knife, <laughs> And what had taken four hours to make, he destroyed within half a second. And then, yeah, I don't know if really, okay. Don't, 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 completely waste of time. How do we talk about food? Anyway, back to this thing, you know. So have a mindset that, you know, that your today, understand, your today is a result of what you did yesterday. Amen? Which means now, your tomorrow is in your control today. So if you don't want today, uh, tomorrow to be like your today, don't do today what you did yesterday. Did you catch that? Okay. And I'm telling you, that, that, but we live in a culture where we want everything now. We want instant noodles. Amen. We want instant coffee. You know, I, I, I said to Matthew, we, 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 we try all sorts of different kinds of coffees, but I always fall back to instant coffee. Why? Because it's so easy. Okay, it doesn't taste nice, doesn't matter, but it's easy. Okay, and you can teach your body to like anything when it's been abused for so many years, okay? But we want everything instant. You can get instant credit. You can get anything instant. But I'm telling you, Quality is not what you get instantly. Quality is what you take time. Amen. Have you ever gone to a steakhouse? What do they say? You know, they don't say this piece of meat, we, we just caught it, we just slaughtered the cow five minutes ago. No, it has to be stored up for an amount of days. Okay? Just like you, you become better with AIDS. Amen. Oh, amen. <laughs> Do you understand? No, like, no, like, you know, like even you know, when when so, what is the sign of quality or, or luxury? It is to do with how long did it take to produce it. Amen. And this is this is a mindset we need to apply. But because we want everything now, so we think, oh, well, have you noticed many of the things you get now? It breaks tomorrow. Okay, but you know, quality is something about where you learn to build for it. It's a process.
So sanctify yourself today. For tomorrow will Lord do wonders among you. Amen. So when you, uh, you know what? So what I do, if I'm not happy with my status quo, then I have to look back and say, what did I do to get here today? And now I'm going to change it. And I'm not telling you to make big changes, but, but start with small changes. Do you know that a little change can produce a huge difference? Do you understand? Do you know when you shoot a, a rocket, a missile, if, if the... If you change the launching position with one millimeter, the destination, the difference of destination could be thousands of kilometers where it lands. Do you understand? So, so many of us, we think, oh, if I had to make changes, I have to make huge changes. Have you noticed that? Or oh, tomorrow I'm going on a diet, and when tomorrow comes, I'm eating nothing. I'm starving myself to... And when it becomes four o'clock, you eat all the cakes and including the box. <laughs> okay? Because there's a picture of a cake on the box too, so you eat the whole thing. Okay? No, start, uh, be, learn to think strategically. Do you know what? This is the way the Jewish people taught the children about money. It was about when we start earning money, 10%. In the tithe, 10% to save, and the rest you can live on. Now I added a new one. So I said to Hannah, now another 10% invest. Okay? It's very, very important we, we grasp this thing. Amen? No, but because of we, what, we, you know, like today in our culture, if you see any buildings today, have you noticed... Any government building project that will be approved only takes three years to build. Why? Because if it takes more than four years in, or five here, it might be the next prime minister who gets the credit for it. And we don't want that. Okay? You know, you don't see, like, if you go to Europe, the old uh, uh, cathedrals, it took hundreds of years to build them. If you go to Cologne, there's this very famous uh, cathedral in Cologne, okay? It took hundreds of years to build it. But you won't see anyone approve a building project like that today. Now everything has to be uh, cheap concrete that can be built immediately. Why? Because I'm not going to let someone else get the credit for what I paid for. Okay? So learn to think strategically for your own life. You know, as a Jew, uh, the Jewish people, the, the, the way they build wealth is because of their understanding of life. Their, their way of life was that, you know, we are here to, we, we live through the family line. We don't just, uh, my life is not just an isolated thing from when I'm born to a die, okay? No, my life is a part of a greater line. Do you, do, you know, do you understand? That's why God is the father of Abraham, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why when you hear about that Levi, he paid tithes through Abraham. Why? Because they lived that way. And that's how they generated wealth. That's why this inheritance tax is really anti-godly. Okay? Can you imagine? You, you have to pay tax of what your parents give you 
And what we let's well, savings, which we save, which we already paid tax off. It's really crazy. Okay. Anyway, but but this is the mindset we need to have. So now you have to understand the context of this here is to take the promised land. Okay. And Joshua spoke unto the six, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Now, the, the, the thing is that we are led by the presence of God, obviously led by the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to understand, to be led by the Holy Spirit is that you always have a choice. Do you understand? When someone says that the Holy Spirit forced me to it, made me do it, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always gives you the option, you can always back off. Amen? You can always back off. Why? Because it's a cooperation. He can't, if, if he forces you, it's no longer a cooperation. Okay? So, and the Lord says, the sin. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Do you know what? You don't need to tell people you are anointed. Amen? Amen. You don't need to tell people, I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle. Do you know what? If they can't see it, most likely you are not. Okay? You don't need, you don't need to tell people you are old. We can see that. Okay, we don't need to say to people, I'm bright. If you have to tell people you're bright, most likely you are not. If you have to say to people, I'm normal, most likely you are not. Okay, so, 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 so the Lord will lift you up. The Lord will glorify you. You know, I was listening to a sermon the other day. Uh, that was not a sermon. It was like a self-promotion PR. And it was really bad. Oh, I'm so amazing. I preached to so many X amount of people. Uh, so X amount of people there. X amount of people. I'm so amazing. I'm so wonderful. And you know what? It was just terrible. Okay? That's not God. God you know, if God, if the anointing is upon you, it will be obvious. You don't need to tell people, I got the gift of healing. I got the gift of this. And I got the problem. No. I'm telling you, if you have it, we will see it. If you don't have it, and you have to say it, most likely you don't have it. Amen? The Holy Spirit is self-promoting. The Holy Spirit is self-announcing. There was no sign, uh, flyers out on the day of, the two days before the day of Pentecost. Come to Jerusalem. In two days' time, the Holy Spirit is going to arrive. And if you want to see tongues of fire landing on their heads, Come to the upper room. That just gave me a reason for why. Now I understand why these old missionaries... Have you, uh, have you seen some of these missionary hairstyles? It's terrible. You know, where they, they, they shave the head off at the top here. We still have the hair. hair. It looks terrible. Now, maybe that's because the tongues of fire hit here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, 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 so he says, Joshua... Rest in who I say you are. You don't need to go and tell them. You just rest. I will show that I'm with you as you are. Okay? And you shall combine the priest with bear the ark and so on. And so I want to go down to verse 15. No, 14. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan. 
So now we are at the riverbank of Jordan, just before the water. Now remember, this is a generation they grew up with the stories of, can you remember when Granddad, he walked through the Red Sea, and Granddad, he caught a fish with his hands. I remember, it's a king, uh, what is it, this cartoon where there's a whale that's, when we cross the wet sea and when the whale coming, poking their head out and swimming back. Uh, okay, and you know, they probably, they heard all the stories about the, that they passed through the wet sea, the water went up as a wall and they walked through and they, they saw the greatest army in the world drown in the wet sea. They heard all the stories this generation. Just like you and I, we've heard all the stories about Azusa Street, uh, the Wells Revival, you, you name it, we, we all heard stories about it. Now, it's them. Have you noticed? It's one thing to hear a good story, it's another thing to be the story ourselves. You know, we love to hear testimonies about people who said, yeah, and the Lord spoke to me and I gave all my savings away and when I went home I had nothing and the next day the ma a man came and gave me a million pounds. We said, wow, hey, it was an amazing miracle, wonderful. Wow, praise God. Now the next day God says to you, give your last 10 pounds. Me? It's a completely different thing. Now this is the situation. Now they are standing at the riverbank. Actually, they are better off because there's no army wants to kill them. Okay? And so he says, and, they, and, as they, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. Now you have to understand is water, what is that? Water is a sign of either the Holy Spirit or the Word. Now, from a natural point of view, what, is, what does the natural instinct tell you? When I put my foot in the water, it gets wet. Actually, you thought about it. It's a good thing when you go to a swimming pool, you have no fate. <coughs> Can you imagine? You, you jump into the swimming pool and say, Oh, Jesus! Bang! <laughs> when the water is solid. <laughs> So you better not have faith when you go to a swimming pool. Can you imagine that? Oh, oh, gee! <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it halfway because when your legs are stuck up, uh, this is now my imagination goes crazy here, okay? But, <laughs> so, so don't, uh, so when you, anyway. So, 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 when, so, you say, so what is the natural thing here? It says, when you touch water, your foot got wet. No, the thing is, what, what does the natural say to us? When you give, you lose out. This is the natural thing. You know, that's why, you know, that's why we, we struggle to, what? to forgive. We, we struggle to do these things because of this is the natural way. Now, we know all these things in the natural mind. And they have heard the stories about when, when Moses, he just waved his hand. I don't know how he waved his hand, maybe. I don't know, it doesn't matter how he did it. It wouldn't have made a difference unless God had told him, okay? But they heard of this and maybe they expected something similar. So like just before the foot touched the water, it will split. But it didn't happen. They put the foot in the water and it got wet. In that semi-second, 
it's very easy to think it's not working. Amen. I don't know when I remember when I, I used to listen to Kenneth Copeland a lot when I was a younger, and I enjoyed the testimonies where he said when he was poor he gave everything away. So I want to do the same. I gave everything away. I'm telling you, that split second, maybe it's not working. Okay, okay. So we have to go. We have to be in touch with water. If the brain works against them, okay, and we dip in. The brim of the water for Jordan overflowed. Now, it, it wasn't just the normal river, it had overflowed. Okay? You know what? Have you noticed those who have heard you, those you have to forgive, are not just those who have heard you, they are the those you have really heard you. Okay? It's always like that when it's ourselves. Okay? So, all his banks, all the time of the harvest that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon and heaped very far from the city Adam, that is beside Syreton, and rose but came down towards the sea of the plain. Even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. Now, the moment they emerged themselves in the world, Stepped into the word or stepped out on the word, now it happened. I believe that many of us, we're standing there on the brink. We know what God has said. We know the history. We know all the other testimonies. And we say, yeah, it's wonderful. Hallelujah. Jesus is great. And we, can, we can even see the land that has been promised. But until we immerse ourselves, we won't see it happen. Do you understand? Until we emerge ourselves. Have you, you know, you know I, I like being in the, in the water. Do you know why? I'm so agile when I'm in the water. Have you noticed that? You can do anything in the water. You can roll around, do all sorts of... Without your muscles are hurting the next day. Do you know, even big even the whale... Is agile in the water. Have you seen a turtle? You know these big turtles when they come to the beach to lay their eggs. It's like it takes a, a decade to get five meters. They're so slow. I just realized the last animals to come to the Ark of Noah was the turtles. Okay. <laughs> and everyone was waiting. Okay, but have you noticed the moment these? Turtles, they reach the water subtly. They are very agile. They're moving freely. Okay? That's the same with you and I. When we, come, when we immerse ourselves into the water, now we forget our uh, whatever uh, excess weight, whatever uh, weaknesses, it disappears in the water. Do you know what? When you and I, we immerse ourselves in the Word of God, whatever weaknesses, whatever shortcomings we might have, whatever hurts that we may carry, whatever disappointments we may carry, it disappears when you immerse yourself in the Word of God. Okay? But for them to have an access to the Promised Land, they have to step in and immerse themselves in the Word. 
And I'm telling you, this is something it is coming for anyone who's been called to full-time ministry. I didn't know it when I, when, I, when I started. It just came natural. But when I, as the years have gone by, I hear the same testimony from all sorts of preachers. But, you know, I spent five months just reading the Word of God. I just immersed myself in the Bible before I went into full-time ministry. Do you understand? No one told me to do that. It just became natural to do that. And I heard that testimony for some other, many other pastors. Do you know what? It's when you immerse yourself in the Word of God. When you, when, when you let go of yourself, let go of your fear, let go of your worries and your doubts, and step into the Word of God. And I'm telling you, it will carry. And the water will split. But it will not split until we step into it. Why do we not step into it? It's because of we don't have the courage. We are not bold enough. Why are we not courageous and bold enough? Because religion have told us so many times that you are not really a son of God. You, you, look, you, know, you, you still have to work on, on being accepted. You still have to work on being approved. No, that's a lie. I'm telling you, if you get, realize that Jesus loves you, this is so simple. We say it to everyone, but no one believes it. If you just get that, you will be the boldest person in the world. Amen. You will be the boldest person in the world if you just get that simple truth. You know, if you know that Jesus loves you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. What do you have to be afraid of? I don't want to, I don't want to, 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 to throw this in, give everything away. Oh, because in case. No. You know, if you know that Jesus loves you, you wouldn't even think about it twice. Amen. You know, when they step into the water, the path opened up. But the path did not open up until they stepped into it. But many of us, we have it the other way around. Like we say, I, I want to see it before I believe it. But you can't, if, you, if that's the way you do it, you don't need to believe. Someone else I met many years ago, uh, she said it like this. I want to believe it before I can see it. Okay. And, we, and, and the, the, the only belief you need to have is that I am loved. Amen. That I am God's beloved child. Amen. I'm not, this is not my working progress in, to get to be more loved. That's not, my, that's not my path. I am loved. When we say we want to know Jesus better, it's not for him to love us more. No, it's for us to know him better. Why do we want to know him better? Because we know he loves us. Amen. And when you get that into your DNA, when you get that into your pers uh, uh, personality, I'm telling you, you have no fear. And you know, that's where God wants you to be. He wants you to be his child who is afraid of nothing. Amen. Amen. So next time you're flying, you can relax. You don't need to help the pilot. There's many people. I'm so glad I was on that plane with you. There are so many people who help the pilot when, when the plane took off. Amen. And it's good if it's charismatic Christians too. Bless the pilot in Jesus' name. No. You know, you can, you can be absolutely fear-free. Amen? Fear-free. And now you can be bold. You know, you know, why do you not say, 
my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory in Christ. Why do you not say that? Because of fear. How does that fear come? What if? That's how fear expresses itself. What if? Why do we not pray for sick people? What if? It's fear. Why is that fear? Because we not fear is based, uh, it's really maybe God won't come through. But you know, if you know he's so much in love with you, he will come through. I, I, I know a guy, he started in sale when he was a young man. <laughs> and uh, so he was uh, responsible for buying and selling. So he, he, so he bought from his catalog and when they bought it there and then the plan. So he had to find out what could sell. And then he looked at this catalog and he, he, he looked at this very expensive, uh, what is a freezer, and this uh, very expensive, and, and then he felt, I should get that to our shop. He was only 18 years old, and, and he worked for his uncle, and when his uncle found out, he ordered it, and said, what? We can never sell that thing. And he said, yeah, I have it in my heart, we can... You know, the whole, so, you know, so, so he said, what caused you to order? And he said, he was 18, the Holy Spirit told me. And I said, the Holy what? <laughs> okay. And when, but to make a story shorter, when that uh, freezer came to the shop, it didn't even get out of the lorry before another guy came and said, have you got this one in store? I want to buy it. So they just moved it from one lorry to another lorry. It wasn't even in the shop. Okay, now I think, to be honest, because I lied before. No, no, have you ever heard them? Honestly, does that mean you lied? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's a way, strange way of talking, isn't it? You know, we, we talk with someone for a long time and we say, honestly, uh, okay, so everything else was something. <laughs> but no, so I think that actually that it was a mistake he ordered it. Okay, but do you understand? But the relationship between your Heavenly Father and you is not just that you do what He likes, He also do what you like. Amen. Do you understand? He you know His love will make up for our weaknesses and shortcomings and mistakes. Do, do you understand? So maybe God forced someone, you need that freezer now. No, I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> Poor guy. So he got two freezers because, no, I don't know about that. But we have to be bold. That's why that I spent so much time telling you who you are. And I'm going to do that even more because of it's, we, we need to move into this area. Okay, that's why that when you hear Smith Wigglesworth, he said that if God doesn't move, I move him. It was a reflection of that Smith Wigglesworth knew who he is. And I'm telling you that when you know who he is, you can be secure. But if you're trying to do things to make him love you, it sounds, it looks stupid. Okay? So, so when you dipped in the brim of the water, Okay, 16, that the waters which came down from the above, and so, and now, it's interesting where it says that the, the river was thrown back all the way to Adam. Okay, now there is a city or a town or a village called Adam, at that river bank, but it's also 
And it means of that all your sins, all the curses, all the shortcomings, all the faults has been rolled back, all the way back to Adam through, the, through Jesus. Yes. Amen? Through Jesus. Okay? Now, before Joshua, who was before Joshua? Moses. And this, this was something I just saw today. Okay, uh, this morning I was out walking. And uh, so, remember when God says to, you know, uh, he, God asked uh, Moses, what's in your hand? Okay, and what, what did Moses say? A stake. And the Holy Spirit said to me, the stake, do you know what? It's an image of Jesus. Because it was not just a stick, it was the shepherd's stick. Do you understand? So he had the shepherd in his hand. Okay? And it was through the shepherd, through Jesus, he did all the signs and wonders. Amen? Do you know, you got the shepherd not just in your hand, you got him inside of you. You got him upon you. Amen. You are everything that he is. Do you understand? And now, this is, and, and that's what Jesus talked about, that he gave us the Holy Spirit. So that now, he can not just be in one person, but in everyone. Do you know what? If you, if you follow that word, it's everything that Jesus did. He defeated the enemies. He delivered his people. He turned into become sin. That's when he turned into a, to a snake. Okay? And, so, uh, you, know, and you, you have that same thing. But do you know what? Moses didn't even realize it. God had to ask him, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? You, you, you know, that's, that's something very often been preached about what is your skill, what is your gifting. No, it's Jesus. Amen? And you got Jesus. You got Jesus. So, you go and say, I got Jesus. I have no right to say, I'm this, that, and the other. I am this. Now, do you understand? I got Jesus. Like Moses had Jesus. And that was more than enough, not just to deliver Moses, but to deliver a whole nation. But he could only do it when he realized it. Amen? Only when he realized it. And now we are, we are that's why when, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's so important. And now this is the other thing the devil have done. Do you know what the thing is? But every time God does something for the church, the devil comes and adds religion to it. And what, do you know what happens after the devil have done that? The Christians, they jump on the wagon of the devil thinking it's Jesus. Okay? Like, for example, what I mentioned before, this thing, when we're praying still, this thing about, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me, which is a lie. Okay? Okay? Do you know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is? The, Holy, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is in, uh, let me see where it is. Romans 5 5. No, go to John 16 7 first. John 
16.7. This is Jesus, so we better start with him, what he says. 16.7. John 16.7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Now Jesus said, it's good for you, it's for your advantage, I'm going. Can you imagine you have a decision, it's good for you, but I'm going. You know, I heard many Christians who say, Oh, I wish I was walking with Jesus. It must have been amazing to follow him. I don't think so. I'm so happy I didn't follow him, I would have missed him. I'm telling you. Okay? He, but Jesus says, it's better for you guys, but I'm going. Can you imagine if you are Peter, John, and James, and all these, you know, James might say, yeah, yeah, go Jesus, you have been a pain all my life. <laughs> my parents have always compared me with you. Can you imagine that? Why are you not behaving like Jesus, Debbie? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, see what Jesus done. Oh, <laughs> it must have been a nightmare, but James do his best. And when Jesus shows up, oh... Because he was perfect. Can you imagine you have a perfect sibling? You bake a cake for your parents. When Jesus comes in, here mom and dad, and they forgot your cake. <laughs> okay, anyway, I don't think it was like that. Okay, it's just, no. No, so nevertheless, I'll tell you to, uh, uh, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not, Away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Now you know the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is not the, the junior officer. Do you understand? He's equal. Do you understand that? It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's not like God the Father, Son, you know, like that. No. We, we belong to a God that is free in one and one in three. Amen? So he said, and verse 8, And when he come, when, when he is come, this is, this is what Jesus said, this is what the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin. Okay? Now, I want you to notice one thing here. Because many people don't understand this. Many people read this verse like this. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sins. Okay? No. It's a sin. Singular. Sin. It doesn't say sins. Do you understand? He will reprove the world of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. Now, isn't it wonderful that God, that Jesus gives the definition here, so that we don't need to make up to define what does Jesus mean, and we better stick to what Jesus says and not what church tradition tells us, or what angry evangelicals tells us, or something like that. Okay, and when they say of sin. Because they believe not on me. That's the sin. Do you know what? Every, what we call sins, 
it's not what gets you to uh, get you to go to. No, they say uh, if you do this, you go to hell. If you do that, you go to hell. No, that's not true. The only people who go to hell is those who don't believe Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. That's the sin. And that's the sin the Holy Spirit is here to convince the world of. Do you understand? Sins are not a behavior. Sin come is an, what we call sins is an action, is something, is a result of decisions. Do you, do you understand? You know, a, a person who's not born again can do good deeds. But that does not make the person a saint. Do you understand? So why do you think that when you make a mistake, that makes you a sinner? No. A sinner is not, so, it's not defined by what you do. It's about defined about, do you believe that Jesus have died for your sin? That's, that's what the Holy Spirit is here to convince the world of, that Jesus is the Savior. He can save you from sin. Not sins. Sin. Okay? That's the sin. I used to be in meetings where, Oh, Holy Spirit, come. And then we're quoting King David again. Search my heart and see if I'm fully with you. Have you ever tried that? Have you noticed? It only takes 30 seconds. And then, oh, wow, it's bad. Oh, wow, whoa. There's so many things wrong with us. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit didn't say, look at you. No, he said, praise God, look at Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Don't look. You know, have you, you know, people who are so focused upon themselves ending up, we call them depressed. Okay? No, look, I, I use, no, I was in so many meetings, especially youth meetings. Search your hearts and see. Let the Holy Spirit search your heart and see if you are fully with Him. And uh, we're quoting King David in the Old Testament. What, you know, when, at that time I thought, wow, yeah, I search my heart. Oh, yeah. I don't like my neighbor. I don't like my tutor because he gave me a bad grade. I don't like. I don't like the government because they don't give me enough money to study. You know, I did. And you know, you could find find so many things in your life. No, the Holy Spirit is here to convince you of sin. If you change a person from being a sinner to become a saint or righteous person. All the deeds will take care of itself. He does not need your help to tell what is wrong. Yeah, but it was the Holy Spirit spoke through me. No, he doesn't. Okay? Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, what is the righteousness? Let Jesus go to the Father. And you see me no more. What does that mean? That Jesus goes and be in the presence of his Father. Why? So that he could send the Holy Spirit. Okay? So he could send. That's righteousness. You know, I heard people about righteous living, righteous living, righteous living. What is righteous living? It depends what culture you are in. Do you, you know, uh, I, I'm glad I didn't see some of these. Do you know, in some states in America, it's a sin to drink coffee. It would have been terrible. Oh. Okay. Uh, for Kenneth Copeland, is, he thinks you, sh you shouldn't drink Coke. 
Can you imagine you told that to a Mexican? You know, Mexico is the one place where they sell the most Cokes. They even have this phrase for women who are like Cokes, they call them Cocalina. <laughs> okay, strange word. But just, it is, and I saw one on TV, she smiled and there was no teeth. <laughs> It was just like Okay, because he drank all of his cokes, okay. Okay, so I go to my, of judgment. Now, notice what he says about judgment. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. What, what is he saying here? What is judgment? Oh, I heard, you are going to come. Just remember, one day you're going to be before God in judgment. And you know what? Every time I heard that preached, that does not uh, bring confidence in me. Okay, and now, you know, no, here Jesus, he say, behold of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. What is judgment? That the devil is defeated. Amen. The judgment is not, he's not here to judge you. He's not here to judge you. The purpose of your life is not to be judged. Your purpose of your life is for you to be loved. Amen. Amen. Do you think when you come up before Jesus, he sits there like a Supreme Court judge? Mm. Mm. No! The way you come to him is like Luke 15. The father embracing his child. Amen. When I, every time I meet my mom, I do get judged. You lost weight. Does that wife of yours not feed you? Doesn't matter how much weight I put on. Oh, you need something to eat. What do you want? Okay. Anyway, so, so these are the, this is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to find out what is wrong with you. Romans 5.5, 5, you see the real... The, this is the first time the Apostle Paul mentioned the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5.5, 5, this is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. In you. Okay? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's not. Is it? I do. Am I in Romans? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And hope, make it not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Okay, the Holy Spirit in you is there to convince you, remind you that you are loved. Amen. Amen. But because you have been exposed to many people who say, oh, the Holy Spirit told me this is wrong with you and this is wrong with you and you should stop doing this and start doing that and the Holy Spirit, no, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit has been abused by many people who just wants to tell other people how good they are themselves. Do you understand? That's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Holy Spirit is there to tell you how loved you are. And when you, now you can see it in the context. So when you know how loved you are, now you can be bold. Amen. 
Because many of us don't believe we are loved, so we don't, we don't dare. So that's why when many of times when we act in faith, it's like a gamble. Uh, does God intervene or not? Okay? No, He will always help you. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to be bold enough to declare the Word of God. You tell the, these bills, you tell these circumstances, you, you call in that job, you call in that uh, breakthrough. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you. And now the next thing is, he's not waiting for your complaints. Don't let complaints come out of your mouth. Because if you do that, the Holy Spirit just withdraw. It's like me, when people complain to me, I just look like... Because they're out of the world. Okay? Can remember when, in Genesis 1, it says, The Spirit hovers over the waters. And the moment God spoke, the Holy Spirit took these words and made substance. Okay? Do you know how Virgin Mary conceived? By the word. When did that word get spoken? When Gabriel came down and said, you are going to conceive to carry Jesus. Okay? The, that these were the words of God. And when she received them in her heart, it materialized. Now, you need to speak the things that you want, that, that you need. Don't spend your time praying, uh, what you call prayer, which is very often just complaining, complaining and self-pity. Now, be bold. Kenneth Hagen, everyone was so upset with Kenneth Hagen, he once said, this thing. I, I only prayed about money once until I realized I don't need to pray for it. I claim it. And people got so upset. Why do you, do you not pray for money? No. The Bible says, proclaim it. Proclaim it. You don't pray. The Bible doesn't even say for you to pray for the sick. It just tells you, heal them. Amen. There was a man called A.A.L. in the healing revival. He was very bold. He refused to pay for people who are paralyzed unless they have their shoes on. Because if they didn't have the shoes on, he said, they don't believe. And there is a testimony that there's another old preacher he shares about called R.W. Schambach. He was in A.A. Allen's meetings and he shares about there's a man with a wooden foot. And uh, he actually literally see with his eyes that when he, put, you know, when he declare that this foot should be normal. He, he, he saw with his physical eyes that, that that piece of wood turned into flesh in front of his eyes. Okay? There's no limit for what you can do. The limit is how bold will you become. But what determines how bold you can become is determined on how much you see he loves you. Amen. When I went to school, I remember the first year, everyone said, oh, 70 to 80% are failing the first year. They're dropping out the first year. So I was thinking, what are they doing next year then? It never even crossed my mind that I should fail. But many people, they think, oh, 80%. Maybe I shouldn't study that. No. Walk in the confidence that your Heavenly Father is with you. Always. 
How do you know? Because He said it. Amen. So stop talking about your weaknesses. Stop talking about what you're so-called unhappy about. And start confessing, declaring, and speaking the word of God. Amen. You got the word of Moses. We got Jesus. Amen. So they crossed over. And now they were in the promised land. Amen. Now, so, so, you know, we are there now. You go and take what is your promised land. But I'm telling you, it needs focused lifestyle. It needs something what we call single-minded. Okay? You know, it, it, you need to find your purpose. This is what I want. And now everything else is less important because I want to do this. Amen? Do you know the problem is uh, that people don't fulfill, they get what God has promised them? It's not because of a uh, sin. It's not because of all sorts of other things. It's because they want too many things. Have you? No, but... Well, well now I can't quote it directly in English. But, you know, that a house divided will not stand. Okay? Do you know that... Uh, if you look at the word division, I always thought it was because two people disagree. Okay? That's why we are divided. Because, but the thing is that division comes from diversion. It's, it's like there are two visions. Do you understand? And the problem is that everyone tells you the lie that you can do everything. But you can't. You have to focus on one state. Okay? You can't live as a single and still want a husband. Amen? You can't. You can't live as a Christian if you want. Uh, uh, no, you can't be a believer and you still want to live like the world. You know, but it doesn't work. Do you understand? You, 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 can't, you can't be an athlete if you want to eat all the junk food that is available. Okay? You have to make choices. You have to be single-minded. And I made the decision many years ago and said, I want to see what Jesus has for me. Okay? That's the most important thing. Be single-minded. And now, be consistent. This is another thing. I only do it because it's fun. When it's not fun anymore, I'm going to stop. How long was it fun? Ten minutes. Look, our concentration span in our culture is very, very short. No, if you don't believe me, next time you watch a movie, and if you hold the remote control, there's something in your thumb that actually has to press relative. I never seen. For, I can't remember last time I watched a whole movie without have to check something else in the meantime. You know that's why it's good to watch it on a computer. I can check my email at the same time, and you know, because our full concentration span is very much. No, but you know, when God has said something to you, something to you, you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. How long? Keep doing it. How long until He says to you something else? How long is that? It might be one week. It might be 70 years. It doesn't matter. If God has said it, just keep doing it. Amen. You know, remember when Elisha, 
he, he, he's with the king and he tells him to take the three arrows and knock them down to the ground and he do it a few times and Elijah got so angry with him, why didn't you carry on? Because it was not fun anymore. I'm telling you, many people I've seen starting out on the right path for them for God, but then suddenly it's not fun anymore. I want to do something else. And then we stop doing it. Okay? So when be consistent, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until God tells you to do something else. Okay? And many times many of times you say, Oh, it's not fun anymore. I'm telling you, most of the great things are not fun. Fun is just a feeling. I don't want fun. I want joy. How do I get joy? When I walk into the promise. When I walk into the manifestation of what he has for me. Amen. It's not fun to see people getting healed. It brings joy. Amen. And that's what we... So, so be consistent. Be diligent. Okay. Keep doing it. Be focused. Amen. I'm telling you that... These mensa people, these very, very bright people, their biggest problem is that they are so bright. So they, can, they have so many interests, and they have so many interests, so that they never become qualified in anything. Do you understand? They, they, they don't, so, they, so they, they read it, oh, this is interesting. Oh, so they, they research a little bit of it, oh, this is interesting. So they have a a little, little level of knowledge about a lot of things. Do you know what? A surgeon or an expert, they have a very huge knowledge about a little thing. Do you understand? You know, uh, and this is one of life's realities is that you have to be focused. If that's what you want to do, you know, but I, I, I grew up in school with a school friend and he wanted to swim at the Olympic Games in 1984, I'm telling you, his life was not like everyone else's life. He swam before he came to school, where after school he had to swim, and it was not just one day, it was decades he did that. Okay? And he ended up in Seoul in 1988, where he won silver. Okay? But that was a, a long process. I'm telling you, his youth was not like any other person in people's youth. And I'm telling you, your life my life, if we want to walk into the potential that Jesus has for us, it cannot be like everyone around us. If you want to be like everyone around us, what you're ending up like? Mediocrity. And God never wanted you to be like that. He wants you to be unique. He wants you to be special. He wants you to excel. Amen. But I want to try this, I want to try this, I want to do this too. I mean, yeah, you can do all these things, but you will not have the others. It's not because you couldn't have it, but you can't have it. It's not the way it works. Amen? You can't, if you want to be an athlete, you can't just eat what you want to eat. You have to be disciplined. Amen? If you want to be a rocket scientist, you can't just party every single day. You can't. I'm telling you, I, I spoke to Adam. So he calls uh, Samuel the nerd. <laughs> because everywhere Samuel goes, he has a book. Okay? But he do advanced A-level maps already now. At the, before his GCSE, a year before GCSE, he did advanced A-level maps. Can you imagine that? I can't. Maths is just a language that I don't understand. Okay? <laughs> and, and he now he... But, 
But how did he become so bright in that? Obviously, he got a natural talent for it, but it's not enough. He focuses mind, reading, studying. Amen. It's the same thing as you. Do you know, all of us have this thing that when you say, I want this, then there are other things I want to say, I can't do this. It's not that I can't have it, but I can't afford to do them. What can I not afford to do? Why can I not afford to do them time-wise? You know, many times when you make choices, you should ask yourself, can I afford to, to spend my time on that? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, be bold, courageous, for the, your Lord, your God, your Heavenly Father is with you. Amen. And now you know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is. Now next time maybe we can talk more about the Holy Spirit. But it's so important that he's not there to condemn you. Amen. And then, and then start out. Start being bold. Start being bold. Amen. Start speaking to the cat. Turn in Jesus' name. <laughs> can exercise your authority in that way. Okay. Anyway, in Jesus' name, we pray, Father, that, that we enlighten that revelation about your love in each one of us, Lord. That we may grow daily knowing more and more how much you love us, how much you care for each one of us. We ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.